Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Well, good evening, River of Life. I want to, on behalf of the staff, just thank you so much. Um, it's humbling, and I appreciate your being such an amazing church. We, um, we love you. We're blessed to do what we do uh, in this place with this group of people. And uh, so just thank you so much for that. We appreciate, appreciate Bob and the board and all of their... Uh, you know, I, I talked to... Yeah, would you give them a round of applause? Because... <clears throat> I have a lot of friends that are pastors, and uh, they'll talk about what, what their church does for pastor appreciation, and uh, you guys always far exceed it. I almost, I almost don't want to tell them what you guys do, because it's just so over and above, and so thank you so much for that. We appreciate it very, very much. Um, well, we're in uh, Ephesians chapter 6. If you've been with us over the last few weekends, you know that we've been able to spend some time looking at God's word, and uh, this is such a powerful passage of scripture. We're going we're gonna to finish talking about the specific pieces that we need, and then next week we're going to conclude the series, but I want us to look at this verse one, one more time. It says this, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the, the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the power of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Let's pray. God, tonight we thank you so much for all that you do and we praise you for your word. God, we thank you that you are so faithful inside of our lives. And so God, right now we just pray that, Lord, as we spend some time looking at this particular passage of scripture again, that God, you will make it come alive to us and that we will realize that you have given us all that we need. That Lord Jesus, we are in a spiritual battle and God, you've given us the tools that are necessary to win. God, I pray for your church that we would stand. That God, we wouldn't sit on the sidelines but that, God, we would put ourselves into the middle of the action and we would understand that you have called us to victory. We praise you for that. God, I lift up those who will be participating with us in Star Valley, and we thank you, God, because you've been so faithful there, and we're excited to see what you're doing. God, we, we take a moment right now and we pray over that campus. Lord, as they need a bigger building, they are outgrowing where they are. And so, Father, we just pray for a miracle. We pray that you will show us where they need to be and that we'll be able to see that thing come to fruition. And we're excited about that. God, we pray for Malawi and for Alaska. And God, for those who will be watching this in the jail and in the prison. Father, I pray that wherever anyone that watches this or hears these words, wherever they find themselves in their faith journey, that, God, you would draw them to yourself. God, we praise you. We give you all the honor today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
So as we've walked through this over the last few weeks, you know that we talked about the belt of truth and and we spent some time talking about the importance of truth to us as believers and that we live in a society in a world right now that says that truth is fluid, that it kind of depends, your truth, my truth, all those things. And that isn't actually true. There is truth and then there is lies. There are things that, that God's word tells us and they are true and we need to, we need to understand that, that as time progresses, his word stays the same. Amen. Then we talked about the breastplate of righteousness and I mentioned it again last weekend that God is calling his church to seek righteousness again. We have got to set ourselves apart. We need to put ourselves into a place where we realize that this world is not our home and that we don't need to look like everyone else, but we need to act like the one who created us and who loved us and who set us free. Then we talked about the shoes of the gospel of peace, and I told you that you need this in order to stand your ground. The helmet of salvation, and, and then last week we spent a great deal of time talking about the shield of faith, and if you missed that message, I would encourage you to hop back online and watch it, because I think it is such a vital part of our, of our battle plan is our shield of faith. And we spent even time talking about things like our kids and what, what it means for us to not only grow our shield, but to also grow our kids' shield, to get them prepared because they are on the front lines of this battle. And I, I don't think we even realize how, how much the enemy is coming for our children. Because for some of you, you maybe are good at paying attention to what they're seeing at school and what's, what, what they're intaking when they're sitting in the living room watching TV with you. But what you don't know is what they're seeing on their phone or on their iPad or what they're looking at on their computer. What you're maybe unaware of is the fact that things that are as simple as something like TikTok, all of a sudden they're, they're being introduced to ideas and thought processes that are not true. And we have to pay attention. Because the enemy is seeking who he can devour, and he's looking for your kids. So until now, we've talked about all things that are basically defense. Um, And defense, how many of you know, is important. If you you have a football team and they have an amazing offense, but their defense stinks, they're probably not going to win very many games. Defense is important. And so we, as we look at all the armor that we've looked at so far, it's been all pretty much about defense. But God gives us only one weapon in the spiritual armor and for offense, and that is the sword of the Spirit. It's God's word. But this won't leave us vulnerable on the battlefield because it's such a crucial part of the armor. All of the pieces of the armor come from God, but this piece in particular is God himself. Look at what it says in John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we are carrying God with us into the battle. We are carrying with us this, this piece of equipment that represents God himself. So when we enter into the battle, we must arm ourselves with truth. We must understand that the truth of God is us being in a position where we refuse to compromise to the world's standards. God could have given us other offensive weapons, but he said the word is enough. 
The word is all that you need. It, the, Lord, the word is so powerful that it can penetrate even the hardest of human hearts. It can open their eyes to the truth of God. It can give them the opportunity to accept the gift of salvation that comes from Jesus. The word of the Lord helps us when the devil launches defenses against Christianity. He may even, uh, he may even put things into your life where he begins to make you ask the difficult questions that would cause you maybe to doubt but when we regularly engage in the word, then all of a sudden those questions don't trip us up anymore because we know the truth and the truth sets us free. So when you begin to have doubt, dig into the word. When you find yourself in a position where life isn't making sense, spend more time in his word. Because if you do that, God is faithful. Can I tell you, sometimes we think like God is, is uh, playing games with us, like he's hiding the answers. He wants to see if you're smart enough to figure them out. No, he's already given you the answer. The answer is his word. So if you find yourself in a hard position where you're struggling and you don't understand why life is the way that it is, can I tell you the book has the answers, and as you begin to dig in and you just say, God, I, you know what my heart, you know where I'm at. So Father, I just need you to speak to me today. So you begin to open God's word and you begin to read. And as you begin to read, it begins to come alive to you. Why? Because you opened it with an expectation. When we, when we walk into this thing and we expect something, we receive something. But a lot of us in our Christian journey, we don't actually do that. When we open the book, we go, well... You know, Jason told me I should read the Bible, so I guess I'll read the Bible. And then you, you time, okay, I'm going to do this for 15 minutes. And we sit down and we begin to read, and we're thinking about everything else that's going on in our world and all the things that we're going to do when we're done with this and all the, all the, all the problems that we got. In, and we're not really actually, we're not actually absorbing his word. Our expectation is low, and so we get nothing out of it. But can you imagine that if, if we were going to send you into battle, and in the last few weekends I've said to you, can you imagine if somebody was out there after church and we said, hey, there's guys that are out there and they're shooting arrows at anybody that steps out of this building. First of all, you'd go, why did I come to East Missoula? This is crazy. <laughs> then you'd go, okay, so what do we do? And I say to you, I've got a shield for you. I've got a helmet for you. I've got all the things that you need. But here's the deal. You're going to get out there, and now you got to not only get through them shooting the arrows, which is what we talked about last weekend with the shield, but now you also got to get to where you can take that person out. So you need the sword. Now, there's a lot of things I bought on Amazon that were not legit, but this is pretty legit. <laughs> I've done good on this one. Um, it's a good size, right? <laughs> so this, this is an important part of this passage of Scripture. Because for us, as we walk into battle, we need to realize that God is calling us not just to defend ourselves, but to take back ground. See, if it was just about defense then we would, we would just have a shield, we'd have the breastplate, we'd have those things, and we could just kind of hope that we don't get hit. But God is saying, listen, I've already won. Yes, he did. I already won. 
So what you need to do is you need to put on the full armor of God. You need to take the sword of the spear, which is the word of God, and you need to go and you need to go into the dark places and you need to bring light where there is no light. See, we have gotten to a place where the Christian, uh, the Christian soldier has kind of just said, well, the sword's kind of cool and I read it occasionally, but I, I don't know. No, we need to read it. We need to know it. We need to step into battle understanding that God is calling his church not to hunker down and wait for his return, but to jump into the battle knowing that we have what we need in order to take back ground. We need to ensure that we truly understand the context of what we're reading. All scripture is inspired by God, 2 Timothy says, and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So here's the thing. People ask me a lot of times. They'll say, hey, what, what translation is the best translation of the Bible? For those of you who have been in the church for any amount of time, you know that there's the NIV, the NLT. There's all kinds of uh, translations of the Bible. And I, I just want you to understand that the best translation of the Bible is the one that translates into your life. If you're not translating God's word into your life, then you're not studying the Bible the way that God intended. See, this book is alive and it speaks to us. It speaks into your specific story. It's amazing to me how often I'll open up God's word and I'll be in the midst of some specific struggle or some specific thing that I'm dealing with. And as I open his word, these verses come alive to me and they begin to speak right into my story. And so then I need to take what I'm hearing and take what I'm reading and I need to apply them. Why? Because it makes me better. God gave us the Bible to transform us, not to inform us. Amen. See, a lot of times we just think, oh, I want, to become a, I want to become biblically knowledgeable. Well, that's great. But can I tell you, if the word isn't transforming you, you're not doing it right. Because there's a lot of people that know the word inside and out, but aren't living the word inside and out. And God is calling his church to step into a season where we go on the offense. And in order to do that, we need to know his word. His word should give you a bigger heart, not a bigger head. In the book of James, it says it like this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. This book is so important, and as we apply it to our lives, all of a sudden now, we have what it takes to go and to take back ground. We sit and we watch the news, or we get on social media, and we see all the things that are going wrong with our society. We see all the ways that we just continually to compromise and compromise and compromise, and I think for many of us in the church, we, we just kind of go, man, it, just, we'll just, it looks like it's going to get worse and worse until Jesus comes. Why would Paul tell us, put on the full armor of God and include a sword if we're just supposed to keep giving up ground and giving up ground and giving up ground? He said, put on the full armor, take the sword, and go and take back what the enemy has stolen from you. We need God's word in order to defeat 
evil. The sword that is mentioned in Ephesians belongs to the Holy Spirit, but both, it's both offense and defense in nature. A sword can protect a soldier from the blows of the enemy, but a soldier also has what they need if they, if they know how to wield the sword properly, they can also take back ground. So think about that. If you're, in a, if you're in a hand-to-hand combat with somebody and they've got a sword and you've got a sword, it does both. It acts as something that you can use to protect yourself. It also acts as something that you can use to take ground back. So as we look at God's word, that's what it is. It does both. It will do many things. And that's why it's such a vital part of this passage of scripture. In some ways, we can misuse the sword of the spirit and we'll put ourselves in more danger because we don't know what we're doing with it. How many of you know that we need to understand how to use God's word? If we use it as an offensive weapon, we need to understand what God says about people. If we use it in defense, then then we need to understand that we need to know everything that we can about not only God's word, but the heart behind God's word. The sword has the ability to defeat any objections to Christianity posed by Satan. The spirit supplies us with the sword, the word, like a trainer. And as we lean on the spirit more, he teaches us how to use it properly. For those of you, it's like, it's like Yoda and Luke, right? You understand what I'm talking about? All right, there's a few nerds in here. That's fine. Billy, gotcha. But what, what you need to understand as we look at God's word, context is vital. So in other words, the way you hold it matters, Right? You got to understand it. You got to understand, you got to know, like if you were going to be a good swordsman, you would spend time with your sword. You would understand how it feels when it moves and all the things, because otherwise you're going to be in trouble when the actual battle comes. So we need to understand context. So one of the ways that we can use the sword is to read it out of context. And we basically imply our own cultural biases to the book so that we can, we can prove our point. I mean, have you ever done that before? You're like, hey, I want to win this argument on Facebook, and so I'm going to go and I'm going to find a verse that supports what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? I've done that before. I understand that. But here's, let me give you an in, uh, a for instance with this. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, people love this verse. It's a great verse. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, if you don't know the original context of the verse, Paul is suffering in prison with a thorn of weakness, and God won't remove it. And, and so you, but you could interpret this verse to say, you know, I can do whatever I want. So I'm, I'm going to go and I'm going to win the Olympics, right? Or I'm going to become a star basketball player because the verse says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Can I tell you that, that Steph Curry, when he first got into the NBA, he had shoes made and he had that verse put on his shoes, which is cool. It's kind of a little out of context, <clears throat> but so it had... It, it said the verse reference, it said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Nike wouldn't do it, so he went to Under Armour, I believe is who did it. And then as time went on, the verse reference went away, and through Christ who gives me strength went away. So it just says, I can do all things. I mean, you know, we need to know the context of what we're saying. Amen. We need to understand the heart of God. Yeah. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says this, 
For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. So the second thing is the sword is for revelation. A soldier would use his sword to defend himself, to hurt his enemy, but he would also use, back in, the, in biblical time, a sword would also be used as a surgical instrument on the battlefield. So if all of a sudden I got shot with an arrow in the arm, there's a good chance that someone would come and they would take the sword and they would begin to do what they could to try and make it so that the arrow wasn't in, I mean, that's not how you want to do surgery. But in a pinch, that's what, that's what they would do. So I think we often use God's word as a band-aid to make ourselves feel better about our lives when in reality it's meant to change things. See, if we're, if we're in a position where we're trying to justify the way that we're living our lives, we'll find some scripture that will help us to feel good about the way we're already living our lives. But this book this sword is meant to change things. It's meant to dig into your story and it's meant to sometimes even hurt. Last weekend as I was preaching the message about faith, I know some of you, it hurt. Some of you, you were hurt because you realized, oh, there's stuff I need to do different. But can I tell you, when, when we look at this verse and it says that, that it's gonna separate, that it's gonna penetrate, that it's going to divide, that it's going to make things, it's gonna open some stuff up. So for some of you, as you get into God's word, it may open some wounds inside of your life. But can I tell you, God never leaves you with an open wound. He wants to open it so he can heal it. He wants to step into there so that, so that he can remove the thing, the dart that the enemy has shot at you, and he wants to make things better in your life. The Spirit wants to reveal God's character and also reveal our lack when it comes to character. Not in a condemning way, but a conviction that can bring healing. Now, some of you have heard this story already, but I'm going to say it again because uh, I think I can make a point with it that's important. Um, this last year, we had a softball team, and some of you actually asked me. I don't know that I've ever said this from up here, but I know many of you asked me. They say, hey, Jason, why don't you ever play softball? And I said, well, when we first started the team, I did play softball. I played softball for a couple of years. I'm not great, but I'm not horrible. I was kind of in the middle, middle of the road. And then after a few years, I decided I wasn't going to play anymore, so I, I would come and I'd watch the teams play. And we had an A team and a B team. We had a team that was really serious about softball, really serious about church softball. Um, and then we had a team that was way less serious about church softball. And so I watched the A team they played and then the B team was supposed to play and I was sitting there with my wife and we were watching the game and they said, hey, we're short and we're gonna have to forfeit. Could you play? And I was like, oh, I didn't bring any of my stuff. And they're like, well, we'll get you a glove. We, you know, I was wearing just regular tennis shoes and shorts. And so they're like, they're like just, we just need you. So will you play? And I was like, no, that's fine. I'll play. So I get out there and, uh, and I get up to bat and I hit the ball and uh, I, I get to first base and I, I can round to second. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to round to second. And as I'm getting there, I'm like, ooh, they may throw it and they may get me. So I slide um, in my shorts and, uh, and I cut my leg open pretty good. Um, and so then as the game proceeds, um, we're losing by a lot. I mean, we're down by like 10 or 15 points. And 
I get up to bat and I literally say to myself, Jason, no matter what happens, don't slide. In my head, I'm saying this, don't slide. And the same thing happens. I hit it out into the outfield. I round second. I'm coming, or I round first and I'm coming to second. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be close. So I slide. <laughs> and I make it. And uh, I get up and it's worse. And then somebody hits the ball. So I'm coming home. And the ball wasn't even close, but somebody said down. So I slid again. And can I tell you, I think I slid seven times during that game. I was even out in the outfield and I went to catch one and I kind of dove to get it. And I'm like, we are down by 20 points at this point and I can't stink and stop sliding. So I am, my leg, not to gross you out, but I'm gonna anyhow, it looked like hamburger. It was disgusting. So I get home and uh, my wife is, how many of you remember being a kid and you'd skin your knee and your mom would pull out the brown bottle? Y'all know the brown bottle? That's yeah, not fun. So I, my wife goes, hey, we gotta clean that thing out. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, she reaches in and she grabs um, rubbing alcohol. You all know. You all know. So I'm like, well, she knows what she's doing. It's fine. So I'm sitting there and she begins to pour. And I, I sat for a moment just having to remind myself, you are a pastor, you are a pastor, you are a pastor. Bite your tongue, hold those words in. Um, and I was like, Oh, what in the world? Because I remember being a kid in the hydrogen peroxide. That hurt. This was like not good. <laughs> now, so we, we ended up, after, after that happened, we had some good friends that lived in our neighborhood that are both nurses, uh, Jamie and Dana Kramer, who are sitting here today. And uh, so Shannon calls us. She said, hey, I don't know what we should do with this, but, but I just poured some rubbing alcohol on there. And she goes, you did What? <laughs> I, I screamed like a girl. I probably did. I probably did. <laughs> All that to say, not rubbing alcohol, but the hydrogen peroxide is necessary, right? Sometimes when we read God's word, sometimes when we hear a sermon, sometimes when, when this is preached, sometimes when truth is revealed, it's painful, but the hydrogen peroxide isn't a torture method. Rubbing alcohol is a torture method. But <laughs> hydrogen peroxide is not a torture method. It is done on purpose. Why? Because it brings all the impurities to the surface so that you're clean, so that you don't get infection later on. But for many of us, what happens is we get into a rough place in our life and we avoid God's word because we don't want to hear the truth because the truth is going to hurt us in the moment. But God always reveals truth to you, not to, not to cause you pain and, and, and discomfort, but those things come because there's impurities that need to be removed because he doesn't want it to affect the rest of your life. He wants you to be free from those things. 
We hear scripture and it talks about things like separating the wheat from the chaff and, and all these things where God is saying, listen, I want purity. I want you to be in a place where you get to succeed, where you get to experience life. And for many of us, what we need to realize is God's word is just that tool that can step into your story and it can make a huge impact, but you gotta be in it to know it. You gotta be in it to allow it to do its work. For many of us, we, we go into battle and we leave this sitting on the side because, because we don't, it's heavy and it's, and it's unpopular right now and, and nobody wants to hear about it. So why would I bring this with me? But I'm telling you right now, when, when Paul tells us, listen, I'm gonna give you all the tools that you need because this world, it's a battlefield. Everything that you step into, the enemy is doing everything that he can to devour you, to destroy you, to break up your family, to do all the things that, that, are, that are horrible to you, but I'm giving you everything that you need so that you can overcome, so that you can win, so that you can take back. And for some of you, you've seceded ground to the enemy and God is telling you today, not only to armor up, but he's telling you, pick up the sword and take it back. Some of you have given in. You've said, this addiction will never go away. I just, I've fought it for too long and I just can't seem to win. And so I'll just have to give up that part of me. And I'm telling you right now, you have a sword, use it. The thing is, is for some of you, you're in a good spot right now and life isn't too bad. And so it's easy to just go, you know what, I don't really need it right now, but can I tell you, any man or woman that would pick up a sword after the battle has already begun and start to try to figure it out is gonna have a lot harder time than somebody who's been practicing with the sword before the battle even raged. God has big things for you. He does not want you to settle for less than. And as we understand the sword, we need to realize its importance, and we need to realize that if we are to leave that on the sidelines, we will not win. You might stop the blows of the, of the enemy by having a shield. You might be able to keep him from hitting you as much as he could, but I'm telling you right now, without the sword, there's no way a Christian can gain ground. So for many of us, what we need to realize is that if the only time you're cracking this book open is when I put the words up on this screen, that's not enough. For some of you, you're like, oh yeah, I don't even know where my, my, where my paper Bible is anymore, but I do have the Bible app on my phone. And that's fine as long as you're actually reading it. Why don't you do a little test? I don't know how your phone is, but at the end of my week, it tells me what apps I used and for how long. If the Bible app isn't even in the top 10, you probably need to do a little rethinking if this is where your Bible is. See, we gotta be in it to know it. And we gotta know it to wield it. And we gotta wield it to win. So all of those things need to happen. But for us, many of us have just gotten content with just hearing the word when somebody preaches it to us. You've got individual stories God is wanting to speak individually to you. He's wanting to talk to you right where you are. If we know this is his word, then we need to be in it. Can you imagine if God said, hey, uh, I want to I spend some time with you tomorrow. I'm going to talk to you at 2 o'clock. 
How many of you would make time to take that phone call, right? We would absolutely take that phone call. God says, I want to speak to you through my word, but many of us don't take the time to actually look at it. Some of us need to realize, maybe this is new to you, and maybe you're like, I've never done that before. I don't really understand what that even looks like. Can I tell you, first of all, get a Bible if you don't have a Bible. We have them back at the Welcome Center. You can get one there. But then make it a plan. If you've never read the Bible before, my, my recommendation is usually start in the, in the Gospel of John. It's a good place. You get to hear who Jesus is, and it's a, it's a great account of his life. But start somewhere. Sometimes it's so daunting, you're like, oh, I don't even know where to be, and it's such a big book. Or, or we start at the beginning, and that starts out really great, and then you can get to some places where it's really hard to understand what's going on. So start somewhere. Start in John. Start, start in the New Testament if you need to. But start. And, and as you open the book, will you do this before you even open it and just say, God, I believe this is your word. I believe that you have things here for me, and I believe that you want to speak to me today. So God, as I open your word, will you show me what I need to see? Can I tell you, if you prep your heart and then you open his word, he's going to show up. He absolutely will show up. I'm going to ask the worship team to come and get ready to lead us in just a little bit more worship here. But I wanted to just take a few moments today because I wasn't sure how we were going to end this time together. But I really felt strongly, even as we were in worship, we always have the opportunity at the end of the gathering, if you need prayer, there will be people down here who would be more than happy to pray with you over whatever's going on in your world. But I also wanted to just take a moment where maybe in these last closing moments as the worship team is leading in worship, whether you want to stand or you want to stay seated or you want to come to the altar, but I just want to challenge you to take just these last 10 minutes or however long this will be and will you just do what I just asked you to do a moment ago? And will you just pray and say, God, I'm going to open your word right now. Will you show me what I need to see? I'm going to ask them maybe to, they may need to adjust the lighting in the room just a little bit for those of you who have paper Bibles with you. But I just, I think it'd be powerful if we didn't just talk about the sword, but we actually all spent a little time in the sword. And I'm going to pray over you in just a moment. I'm, we're just going to ask that God would show himself to his people. God loves you. He has plans for you. And some of you, when I spoke that about you've seceded part of, your, of who you are and you've just said, well, I'm not ever going to win that back. I'm telling you right now, learn to wield the sword because God is calling you not to continually let the devil have more ground in your life. He's telling you to not only not do that, but to win it back. For some of you, it's a relationship. For some of you, it's an addiction you're struggling with. For some of you, it may be, it may be just an, an indifference to God's word. Whatever it is that you're struggling with, can I just say, trust him. And tonight, as we close this time out, I'm gonna just ask you, spend a few minutes saying, God, speak to me through your word. Show me what I need to see. And I'm believing that some of you are gonna leave with an answer that you didn't think you'd get tonight. God, we're so grateful because you've given us everything that we need to defend ourselves, but you've also given us everything that we need to take back ground. So Father, I pray for everyone within the sound of my voice right now that God, we would become a people of your word, that we would read it, 
that we would meditate on it, that we would study it, that we would love it. And that God, as we do that, Lord, when things come at us, we're able to deflect and destroy the very thing that the enemy is trying to do in our lives. God, I pray for those who have struggled to spend time in your word, that tonight would be a night where it would come alive to them. God, I pray that those who've come in with questions that, Lord, just as they open the word tonight, that the answer would be right there. Because I know you're able to do that. Father, help us to take back ground. Help us to lean into the truth of your word again. God, we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.